Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your belief systems, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Karen, before we get into today's show, let's start things off with show notes. Yes, Kelly and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com, or email us at info at We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show in every series is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There is a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now on to today's show. Lady, it's the first sign of like good weather in North Bay, like consistently good weather. Yeah. So I'm I'm in a sleeveless top and I feel like a ghost <laughs> because I haven't yet absorbed the sun. Right. And you have very Irish blood. Oh, I do. And I, although, you know what? I feel like I should have been a redhead. Although Kelly, your last name is Sarlo. I know. And there's... You're, there's so much Italian in you. <laughs> yeah, I got I got the fair Irish skin, some black hair, and blue eyes. Like it just came out Snow White. Well, I'm just going to say that the Italian genes did not win this one. No, and you know what? I'm saying it because I can. I do the editing, and I'm scaring myself on camera. <laughs> but all that to say, we have an excellent heartwarming story for today, uh, pardon me, or show for today, I should say. Um, you proposed the idea of heartwarming stories. Yes. Now, is it fair to say, before you start, that sometimes in our career, there is a fine line between heartbreaking and heartwarming? Yes. That sometimes the heartbreaking message is the very thing that comforts someone. Yes. So it's a mishmash today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Of these fine line stories. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the reason that I created this show, Kelly, for today, the content of it is because 
I think a, a very commonly asked question is, well, why would I see a medium? Like, what can I get out of it? And so I decided to put some of those answers together and say, these are the things that I've seen clients get out of their sessions. Mm -hmm. So the first one that I'm going to start with is a mom and her daughter who called for an appointment and wanted to connect to her son and her, her brother. And they just simply said to me, um, what can you tell us about him? And Kelly, go ahead and name him. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. You want me to call him Jesus? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go for it. I caught you on that, but I think it's kind of funny. So Jesus called. <laughs> it's already funny. <laughs> he called me up all day, and he said, um, they need to know that I didn't suffer. Mm. And I said, oh, well, in what regards? Like, what do you mean? Did you have cancer? Were you sick? What do you mean by you didn't suffer? Do you mean at the very end of life? He goes, no, watch. So I got to see him die. And what happened was he was driving down a highway. He smashed into something and his truck burst into flames. Mm. And he said, they need to know that I didn't burn in the fire and suffer and I couldn't get out of my vehicle because they found me in the vehicle. I wasn't thrown from it. I died in it. And I want them to know that I died on impact, not burning. That's massive. Absolutely. And I said, okay, I will begin with that. He said, Karen, after you tell them this, they need time. You're going to have to just be quiet and not feel that you have to pump the silence with affirmations. He said, please sit still until they give you the cue to speak. Now, I hope that people are hearing how well you and I are guided by them to care for the people that they love. Mm -hmm. How much we continue to love our human beings and know what they need. And that is exactly what I did. I said to him, or pardon me, I said to his mother and his sister, this is what he's telling me, and I'll ask you afterwards if it's accurate because I need that validation from you. But I said, this is what he's telling me occurred and what you need to hear from him. I repeated it exactly as he told me to say it, and I went straight into the silence. Then, oh God, Kelly, I would say it was at least maybe two to three minutes of total silence between us. And then his mom said, thank you. She said, that is what we called you for. Mm -hmm. Now we can sit back and then you hear the breath, eh? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say that in this story, people are hearing that what they needed was to breathe. Mm -hmm. What they needed was no to not hold on to the belief or the dread or the angst. Ang thank you. The angst of thinking and ruminating every day, as often as they think of him, of playing that reel over and over in their mind, whether they're in the grocery store, going on a date, cooking a dinner. Like you just think of all of the different times that something that torturous could hit you randomly. And I don't really know if somebody would call that PTSD. I really don't know. Or well, just think, trauma. Yeah, that's an extreme, unwanted, intrusive thought. Yeah. 
And so to be able to remove a person's unwanted intrusive thought, not with cognitive behavioral therapy, but simply by hearing from the spirit directly that this is how they experience this, I think is total healing. Mm -hmm. I think is just freedom. And it just removes all the obstacles for them to move forward. And yes, you said it with the word freedom. Mm -hmm. Freedom to have their thinking back and not to be traumatized over and over again. I can't imagine how many times before that phone call that they had already been living through that together. Now I know that the two of them came, but I know that he said to me, Jesus said, my dad doesn't believe in what you do. He won't listen to a single word of this. He thinks that you're a liar. He thinks that that this is all fraudulent and it's theft and it's just all of these things that are terrible. And he said, so my dad won't participate in this. So I can't help him. I can't be part of that healing. He'll find it in another way, hopefully. But he says, I'm really happy that you are able to give this to my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is a real recent one. It's very short and very quick. This great-grandmother came through for her Mm great-granddaughter, and uh, she had given her quite a few messages about the great-granddaughter's life and what she was going through, and that was really beautiful. Wow. But one of the things that brought the great-granddaughter, do you want to name her? Isabel. Isabel. Uh, A lot of comfort was that her great-grandmother said to her, Kelly, she goes, show her that I was always in the kitchen and like doing the cooking and the baking. Mm. And Isabel confirmed that. And then I see this great grandmother cracking eggs, just monotonously, just cracking eggs, separating (laughs) them and putting them away. And she goes, I just, it was just a lifetime of eggs. I was just done. I was okay to go. And so Isabel confirmed, yeah, it's true. She did all the cooking, all the baking. She was constantly in the kitchen preparing. Mm. She had many children, um, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And so she, this, this great-grandmother was helping Isabel with her tremendous anxiety. Mm. And when she wants comfort, she thinks of her great-grandmother. But sometimes her anxiety makes her worry about her great-grandmother. And so she simply said, don't turn me into a worry. I had enough eggs. (laughs) I was done. I was ready to pass on. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And so Isabel then gets to just hang on to the piece of her great grandma that comforts her instead of turning her into a worry as well. So it's one less thing for her to kind of put on her to-do list, if you want to call it that, uh, where she can just breathe her to-do list of people to worry about. Mm -hmm. How many people have lists? I will worry about my son, and then when I'm done that, I will worry about my daughter. Then I will worry about... And I will worry about dinner, and then I'll go back to people. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, But I just... She... The... Oh, I just loved the image of her cracking eggs and then just being like, okay, like literally throwing in the apron. (laughs) She's very cute. (laughs) So... Such a good story. (laughs) I will hand it back to you. Oh, I just love that. Especially right after the difficult one Mm -hmm. that we started the show with, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, the next one for me, Kelly, um, has to do with a young woman who calls. So give me a name. Lila. So Lila calls and she says, I would like to hear from anyone who's crossed over. And I said, I don't do it that way. 
I said, you have to tell me exactly who you need so that I don't go rummaging through all the people. Rummaging. <laughs> That's an image. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe you have to reword that. It's like going into a big room where all this per- is a bit, sorry? Crowd scanning. Like, yes. Any of you want to talk? Any of you want to engage? Yeah. It's like going into a party and tapping every person on the shoulder and saying, hey, I've got somebody here that's waiting for messages from you. Do you want to talk to them or no? Mm-hmm. When in reality, the person that's asked us to go into that room full of their family or friends or whoever um, really only wants one person and you're trying to find the needle in the haystack. Mm-hmm. Versus where I would prefer to be able to say, who do you want? And I can go in and go, hey, I'm looking for Bob. Bob, over here. (laughs) Yeah, Bob, this way. Okay, we're going to, yeah, go keep going. Right, and then Bob gets to say exactly what he wants. Mm -hmm. So let's call him Bob because that came out of nowhere. So Bob comes up to me and he says, "Uh, hey, how are you doing? He says, "Uh, so you've got... Oh, sorry. Lila. Lila. So you've got Lila here. And um, yeah, she just really needs a quickie. She just needs a quick answer here. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean sexual quickie. (laughs) No, that went wrong. She just needs a quick answer. And I said, okay. He says, we were friends and um, in high school. And I want her to know that I suicided. And she knows that, Karen. But I just need to make sure she knows that because it was questionable the coroner said overdose. Mm-hmm. And she suspects suicide and she's correct. So that's in her mind now for several decades. And she's finally decided to get some closure about that. So you can tell her, yes, I suicided. And I'm totally fine with it. It's part of our life plan to suicide. And I'm good. I'm not suffering. I'm not in a purgatory. I'm not in a hell. I'm not waiting for Jesus to arrive on earth to do something for me. I'm good. And he said, and I want her to know that while I chose to suicide because she broke up with me, this is not her fault. This is my decision, and this is about my level of accountability and her wanting to be over-accountable for another human being. And I was like, that is such a great message. And he goes, yeah, you go ahead. I'll wait here. I don't think she's going to need me after this, but I will wait right here in case she has more questions. So I relayed all of that to her without her interrupting to validate anything, which was just pure sentences straight out of the mouth to give her her points. And she started crying. And then he looked at me and he goes like this, like a little heart, like tell her I love her. And peace out, Karen. I did what I needed to do. Bye. And true enough, Kelly, as soon as I said, hey, he says that he loves you and that this was one of your life lessons was to stop being over accountable for other people. So he's going to come in today to tell you that because it was something you were supposed to get way back decades ago and apparently you've never done it. And so to this very day, you're still stuck in being overaccountable. So he's coming in to give you the message, to tell you all the truths, to affirm truths for you. You need therapy. Mm-hmm. And so there's something that you, like there, that's a whole bunch of stuff that you can get. You can find out if something in your past that you chose to take accountability for was actually yours to take. 
And therefore be able to see if you created a pattern or were already in a pattern of being overaccountable. May I follow suit with a similar Mm -hmm. story? Um, I had a young woman. Do you want to name her? Jeannie. Jeannie. Okay. Um, And a young man. Oh, I was going to say Israel. That's a name? I don't have a clue. I'll go with it. Just came to my head, so let's go with it. (laughs) So Jeannie was my client, and she asked me to channel Israel. And he came through to say, I suicided. It was an overdose, but you tell her I did it on purpose. Mm. And so it wasn't an accidental overdose, right. as I think you were you were saying as well. And so she said, thank you for telling me. I, that's what I thought, but they had broken up at this point, so she's not privy to any information by a coroner. And actually, that's a good thing to mention because the guides are letting me tell her, so that mm. means that they're okay with her knowing, which is cool. Those are different rules that we follow. So Israel came through with a whack of information about how he treated her, how he undermined her, how he verbally abused her out the wazoo. And after she said yes to everything in the session, he goes, okay, please tell her. And and at this point, I couldn't look at her. It was over Zoom. And he said, I'm going to put my head down now. now. Can you please tell her I did steal from her? It was me. But I convinced her that I didn't. And so she's been feeling crazy for a long, long time because I was continuously stealing from her. And she just, like, you could just see the whole relief slump happen where she went, thank you. And, And the message, you know, it's so interesting because you can hear the thank you and know that it's to you as a human for doing your job that the thank you is also to the guides for telling her the truth Mm -hmm. and to Israel, no matter how angry she is, no matter where she is in her stages of grief, that she's thank you for the honesty, or Mm -hmm. pardon me, she's thankful for the honesty so that she can actually move through things with clarity. Mm -hmm. That was, it it was heavy, but it was also um, a way forward. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to move into a different story now. So, okay, how do we do this one? Okay, just give me two female names to start. Okay, Lydia and Delilah. Okay, so Lydia's my human and Delilah's my dead person. Can you tell I'm running out of names? (laughs) No. I used Lila and then just went to Delilah. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Lydia is your client. Delilah is your dead person. So Lydia asks me to channel Delilah. And she just comes straight forward and just gives me the name. And she says, just whatever you get about her. And Delilah comes through. And honest to God, Kelly, it, it was like I could see her walking. If you want to say like walking over an, a mountain. But you know how you can see one person at the very beginning, then behind, like there's a, there's a line. Mm-hmm. And then behind, there's another line and there's another line. She came through with so many lines of people and dogs and horses and cats. Like it was, it was amazing. So I had to be holy. I said, she goes, what's happening? I said, it's vision. I said, what I can see is an incredible sight. And she goes, well, tell me about it. And I said, well, (laughs) I said, I can see Delilah coming in with dogs and cats and horses and a whole group of people. And I said, the front line looked like families. So to me, it looks like her parents are there. And I said, it looks to me like there are two grandmothers and a grandfather, but not the fourth grandfather. Second. 
Or second. Fourth. Sorry. Great math. <laughs> Good at other I'm things. A fourth grandparent. <laughs> okay. And I said, but then the line behind that is like it's 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 people of different cultures. And I said, and then behind that, there. There are people carrying houses, and they look like they're already built houses. And she goes, that's Delilah. And I'm like, okay, I don't get this. Like, this, that for me is confusing. And she goes, no, that's Delilah. Delilah traveled to different countries to build homes for habit. What's it yeah, called? Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity. So for you to tell me that she's literally on the other side doing the same type of thing or that she's just trying to acknowledge who she was on earth is just everything in the world to me. Because you're talking about when you say the other lines behind her, behind her family, was that she really believed that every person on this earth was her family. Mm. And that's why she believed that it was what she wanted to do with her life was to feed them and give them homes. Very cool. She says, you've described her to a T. So my point in this story is that we are able to validate the lives they lived the beliefs they had, whether they lived their beliefs congruently or just believed something and then sat and watched TV, Hmm. watched somebody else build it on TV, or whether they actually did the action. Mm -hmm. And just the pure fact that she's proving to Lydia that I'm with all my people. I'm with other souls. I'm not just with human souls or spirits, whatever you want to call them, but I'm also with all my animals. So I'm here with my cats and my dogs because some religions don't believe that. They don't believe that we end up all in the same place. So I totally believe that she now understands that when we cross over, we find our souls, meaning that animals have souls, Mm -hmm. that our humans have souls, And that we find them all. And they're together. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wanted to sing that. Yeah, it got real (laughs) close. Um, Can I go? Yes. Okay. I need a male and a female name. Oh, okay. Ezra? Ezra is the female, I'm assuming? No. Ezra is my male. Okay. I I think my my French brain, I don't have a French brain. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Went to the A being feminine, but go ahead. So I'm going to go with Ezra. Is the male? And, oh my God, Joey. Is the girl? Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm keep... trying to I know. include he, good. she, it's they. Good. My brain just I'm... has to like really adjust. Yeah, okay. It's good. Better that you got that task than me. Oh, look out. Look out. <laughs> You've got more stories. So Ezra is the grandfather who's passed. Okay. And Joey is the granddaughter who's an adult. Um, at this point, okay. but the granddaughter of, of Ezra. And so she booked her half-hour appointment, and she only came with one question. She just wanted to know if she was going to have children. Mm. And he came through to answer her question. She didn't specifically ask for that, but he came through to say, I'll take this question. <laughs> He'll be fielding the questions today, Aww. which I just love because the people they trust come through, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes through to say, Kelly, this is a tough question. She's fighting tooth and nail to get pregnant. She's not going to accept 
any answer that you give her other than a yes, she is going to make this work, make it fit. Wow. To the point that she has created chaos in her relationship with the person she's trying to get pregnant with because it, this baby is something that she feels she can control. And interestingly enough, Joey was just in the right place at the right time mentally and emotionally to go, yep. And just accept. Mm. There was no fighting me. There was no fighting her grandfather, her guides, etc. She just went, okay. And you could see, you can tell on the face. I know you know this. When they're really listening versus when they're just like, all right, I'm not getting what I want face. Mm-hmm. So what ended up coming through, what ended up being actually the more beautiful part of the session is that her grandfather ended up saying to Joey, I fought tooth and nail my entire life. I had the same mentality as you. So when I'm giving you these hard messages, I'm not sitting on a high horse criticizing you. This was me as a human. But I'm sitting on the other side now showing you our patterns that we shared and how they are isolating you. They isolated me. Hmm. And so you are very, very lonely in your life because you came from this childhood of being parentified as a child, Mm. needing to fight tooth and nail for survival, then being able to actually truly support herself and trust in her abilities to to support herself as an adult, but still holding on to the mentality of I have to fight tooth and nail every day Mm. to prove worthiness. And so he came through to say to her, I share your pain. I know exactly what you're going through, and it's important that you understand that, that I can mirror your experience for you, because in this very lonely existence to this point, you don't feel like anyone truly sees or understands you, and I do. Then, as you could see her, I'll say breathing in the messages, assimilating them into her cells, he said to her today, Pardon me. He said to me, that was her only question was about the baby. She's going to let me talk for the rest of the half hour. So I turned to Joey and I said, is that correct? Is this just like the only reason you booked and he's got free range now? And she went, yep. And so he, he gave her more affirmations about what she was going through and where she was fighting everything and everyone in her life. But at the very end of the session, he said to her, the most important thing that you did today, Joey, was give me a voice. Both you and I don't feel like we have one. And he spent his life married to two different women who spoke for him, Mm. which is part of the reason he fought tooth and nail for different things in his life. But he said, the most important thing you did today was give me a voice by just showing up and listening. I think that's fascinating that he's telling the human being that she's listening to him. When so many of our clients don't believe they have the ability to hear the dead people. Yep. And yet, by calling a medium, you are listening to the dead people speak. Yeah. So he died, got to the other side, and was trying to process everything that he had gone through. Yeah. And everything that he resisted going through, I will also add. Right. And never really got to, to, to vocalize that as a human. And so she gave him this opportunity to actually get this closure 
Not that he needed that to be at peace, not that he needed that to move forward with his own soul. It's not to tell people that they should rush in to give their dead loved ones this opportunity, but it is something she did give to him. Right. And he said, thank you. Hmm. And she was just like, this is amazing. And she sent us an email afterwards saying, you two are fucking rock stars. (laughs) She's seen you before. Aw. Yeah. It was lovely. Good work. Yeah. To to see to to feel seen and heard, yes. like two of the most validating things that you can offer another person, right? That you can offer a person, and that you can offer the spirit. Yes, and that it can go both ways, mm-hmm. and it must. Exactly. Lovely. Back to you. Okay, I'm ready. Um, my next story has to do with that I was dreaming, so I'm sleeping, and I dreamt about a man drowning. And I was in the water with him when he drowned. And I remember what he had on and what he was trying to get off. I watched him. And I just remember in the dream not being upset about it in any way. It was just totally observing. But you know, Kelly, when you observe so that you can remember something, so you're really intently watching every little detail. Oh, he's trying to remove his belt. Oh, he's trying to, oh, his boot. He got one boot off. He can't get the other. Like, I just remember really in the dream trying to really make sure that I remembered everything, which is interesting because we don't usually go into our dreams thinking I have to remember everything. You're just in your dream. I do. Well, I know you and I do, but I think most listeners are like, what? It's like to the point where I think in my dreams, I have to remember this so I can tell mom during coffee tomorrow. (laughs) Some might call that stress. Yes. Yes. That's a whole new definition of a stress dream. (laughs) I call it fun. So I I was paying really detailed um, attention to what he was experiencing. Then I just saw him sink and just simply be completely peaceful. And I remember coming up like a drone. So if you could picture a drone in the water and then coming up above and then moving around and I saw an island. And I remember looking at the island thinking, oh, that's... And I remember knowing the name of the island. And I thought, oh, I have to remember that because I'm going to be asked what island. Then I wake up. A client calls first thing in the morning And I'm still in bed. And I don't know why I answered the phone that early, but I did. And she said, Karen, I'm a regular client of yours. And I'm in a crisis. I know it's 630 in the morning and I apologize, but I don't know who else to ask. And I went, oh, I I know exactly what you're calling for. And she went, okay. And I said, oh, you're calling about a man that's missing in Lake Nipissing. And I said, you're calling about a person and they can't find, they can't find the body. And I said, they can't find the body because he sunk. And she was like, what? And I said, and he will be found within the next couple of hours. You have to get to your daughter's house because she's going to be told by 10 a.m. this morning that her father has passed. <sighs> and I said, and she has no idea he's even missing at this point. Other people know he's missing. She doesn't know yet. So I said, you have to get over there right away because, and she goes, how do you know this? And I said, wasn't that why you called me? Yeah. 
And I said, well, to tell you the truth, I said, the way that I know this is that I dreamt about it last night. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I can give you details of what will be on the body and what won't be on his body. And she went, yes, please. So I told her about that the belt would be half on, you know, when it comes through some of the loops, but it just hangs. I said, he'll have one boot on, he'll have one boot off. He's wearing a pair of blue jeans. He's got a t-shirt on, but he's also got a jacket on. And the jacket and the boot sunk him. And I said, he's nowhere near the boat. And I said, there was a woman in the water with him, but she made it to land because she found the life jacket. She had a jacket on, a life jacket. He did not have a life jacket on. So this is giving her information as medium from someone who's crossed over to prepare her to be there for her daughter when her daughter gets this news. So this woman has news that her ex-husband has passed. Oh, that was something else he validated. What that was that she was his ex-wife calling the mother of his child, Mm -hmm. but that he had been or was in another relationship, which she confirmed, which allowed her to have all of that information to know what happened to him that in fact he wouldn't be found alive, he was going to be found dead. It gave her a couple of hours to be able to go back home and shower or change or get a coffee or just sit and cry on her own and have her own time and then be able to go over, I know this is only a couple of hours, but to get to her daughter's house to be there before before the police were there to tell her this. Mm -hmm. So she could choose to say this to her daughter or she could choose to wait for the police to say it. She had an ability to make a choice there. But regardless, Kelly, she had the ability to be there for something Mm life-changing. I remember that. I I think in that kind of an... I hope I never have to do that again and again. I hope that's one kind of session that doesn't have to happen repetitively. But if I think about what it gave the daughter... And his ex-wife, his ex-partner, a partner in this lifetime, um, and all the choices, I I think it's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Nothing short. Like, it's it's almost like watching a movie and saying, if I could rewind that and know in advance, I wish I could have got over to my daughter's house before the police got there, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to if the daughter had that visit by the police and then phoned her mom, and then her mom had to leave work or do whatever and race over to her daughter's house, right? It's it's like you're playing with time. But not altering it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a lighter one, but I don't want to rush. I want to say one more thing okay. about that one. I loved that he was taking care of his daughter. Mm-hmm. I loved that he was trying to say to his her mother, um, we are parents. Mm-hmm. And um, you are now her other, her only parent. Go be with her when she, when she goes through this. And he was still in his way trying to parent his daughter. It's lovely. And still trying to partner his ex-partner in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Um, I'll make this one quick. I, well, actually, a female and a male name, please. Okay. Um, how about Jamie for, uh, about for the, for the girl. Okay. For the female, Jamie, pardon me. Yeah. For the female. And, um, 
Max. Oh, it's perfect. Okay, so Jamie is my client, and Max is her dead dog. (laughs) So she had an hour-long session, and Max wove himself through every single message through the hour. So she could ask different questions, and you know, some of it was present, some of it was future-related, but Max would come in and weave himself into every message. And the repetitive thing that he would say to her is, that's how it's supposed to feel. And I want to be, I want to really kind of clarify this. He would show me and ask me to tell her that when she came through the door, he would get excited, show up for her, pause what he was doing and give her his excitement, validate her existence. And he would say, that's how it's supposed to feel. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) And then he would say, Kelly, when she's really stressed, she thinks she has no one to talk to, but she talks to me and I stare at her and she feels heard. Can you please tell her that's how it's supposed to feel? And in her life, she's been very nervous about getting into human relationships, especially a significant other, because she's been very verbally abused and she's afraid of expressing herself. So Max comes through to say to her, when you're talking to me and you're experiencing my listening, that's how it's supposed to feel. And so he was trying to draw all these situations of familiarity that he gave to her or they gave to each other to help her understand that in fact she had experienced deep love, that in fact she knew how to love, that in fact She didn't have to be afraid of it because it had been something experienced. And I just absolutely loved how gently but firmly he came in to support her. Mm -hmm. You know, this this woman who thought, I haven't yet had love. And he Mm -hmm. he's just like, Lady. (laughs) Lady, it's Max. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It was one of my favorite sessions. I can see what's happening in this show. (laughs) Why? You have these uplifting stories and I have these difficult ones. I had a suicide story. Oh, right. Okay, true. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that you've got some, you're creating some balance here (laughs) to some degree. Okay, I'm ready to go for mine. Um, I need the name of a female and a male. Okay. Uh, Desmond and Penny. Okay, so Penny's my client. Desmond is my dead man. And Penny calls and she says, um, I need to hear from Desmond anything that you can give me. And Desmond comes in right away, Kelly, and he says, okay, she wants to be told that what she did with my remains was good. She's looking for my approval. She always wants my approval. It drives me fucking crazy. And I said, oh, really, Desmond? Or did you train her that way? And then get annoyed. And he goes, oh, God. He goes, okay, I trained her that way. And then I got annoyed. And I said, so do you want to talk about that too? Or do you just want to be annoyed with her that she still needs this as a human being after you've passed? And he goes, no, let's, let's talk about all of it. So I did. I said, you're here because you want to know and get approval from Desmond as to what you did. And you want me to say what you did. You need to know exactly. 
Because if Desmond doesn't tell you exactly what to do, you got to go back to him. You got to go back a thousand times. So you're going to do it to me too. And you could see her level of anxiety hit the freaking roof when I said all of that. Yeah, of course. And I said, but this is true because this is the level of anxiety you live in because of the way Desmond trained you at the beginning, that every time you did go out and you you did something, say he's at work and you were at home and you cooked a meal, when he comes home, he'd have to come into the kitchen to tell you just how to change that meal a little bit to make it just the way that he likes it. And even if you've made it a hundred times, he still has to tell you on the 101th time what you need to do just a little bit different for today. And she goes, yes. And I said, so Desmond's on the other side saying, we got to be done with this. Mm -hmm. I'm dead. And I said, so Penny, you can't call me again. You're not going to be able, I will not allow you to call me every single time you want to check in with Desmond that you've been doing everything right. That's unhealthy. It was unhealthy when you were on earth and it's unhealthy with a dead man. I said, you need therapy to understand the relationship that you had with Desmond was unhealthy. No, no. And you see her going into all this fear of, I don't want to be told anything like that. I want to continue. And I found a way to continue. I'm going to call mediums and I'm going to, I'm going to get Desmond to tell me every little thing I'm doing right or wrong in my finances, in decorating the house, in selling in buying things. I I want to get my hair. What does he think I should get it short? Or does he think I should let it grow a little longer now? Like it's minutiae. And I said, no. I said, there is no way that you should be perpetuating this unhealthiness. And you need to know from a medium. She goes, I don't understand what you're doing. Because I've called all kinds of other mediums, and they will always just answer my questions from Desmond. Why won't you? Aren't you any good? I said, I'm damn good. I'm catching you. I said, the other mediums didn't catch the pattern. Uh, Nor did they necessarily have integrity if they did. I said, you just happened to catch a medium that knows exactly what you and Desmond were doing because he's telling me, and I'm not willing to play the game with you, and I'm not willing to continue to destroy your sense of self, Mm -hmm. your sense of esteem. I will not do it, and Desmond will no longer participate. So I said, you're being told today, no. And I am not going to answer all of your validations. And I am not going to turn your, you want a release in the valve that you've turned tight. I went out and I did all these things. I didn't get any validation, turn the valve. Now I need to open the valve. Desmond has to come in and release the valve and tell me I did everything okay. And I said, I'm not going to do that. That is not the purpose of medium. The purpose is for Desmond to say to you, that he knows what he did to you, mm-hmm. that he's coming through to apologize after he acknowledges it. You need to hear the acknowledgement of the abuse. You need to hear the examples of how he did it to you in each day, like cooking in the kitchen and correcting all your cooking. Like he doesn't even know how to cook. He doesn't cook a single thing. But you were taking advice from somebody who'd never cooked a day of his life. That's messed right there. 
And I said, so you need to understand where the proper help is. And Desmond and I are on the same healthy team to support you in getting that. Mm. There was one more message to Desmond's. He, re- he expressed to her remorse for what he did. He acknowledged what he did, and he said that there was remorse, there was regret that he had treated her this way, and that he had never seen that, even until the moment that he had died. Mm-hmm. That the first time that he saw the level of control he had to exert over another human being was when he was in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. And that his first moment of remorse over it was as a dead man. And there's your fine line of heartbreaking and heartwarming. Mm-hmm. May I, mm-hmm. may I move to a lighter, mm-hmm. quicker one? Mm-hmm. Um, two females. Okay, um, Janice and Denise. So Janice is my client. Denise is her mother that's passed. And Janice, kind of, well, she went through about forty minutes of some really hard messages about mm. her people pleasing. And she took it like a trooper. She accepted resources. She did. A, I think she did a really great job listening and really reflecting. And her mom came through on the 40-minute mark when she said, open. And so her mom walks in and she goes, Kelly, I'm the lady from the bathroom this morning. Of course, because they visit us in our other office, <laughs> i.e. the bathroom. So I'm sitting on the toilet peeing and Denise walks in and she goes, look. And she's doing like a Phoebe Buffet type thing and she's got a blue a blue something it's like an uh, I thought it was a blazer and it's royal blue and I'm like okay and she's like I just wanted to dance and make things light and I'm like I don't even know who this lady is so by the time I'm doing this session at the 40 minute mark Denise appears and she's oh. like it's me I'm mom and so Janice was just like Okay. And you could see she didn't know what to expect. She didn't have a question. She didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do with her mom. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really fair for a lot of people, given what moms can put you through. And so Denise came in to own her poor behavior, Mm -hmm. own her patterns that she set forward in her people-pleasing daughter. And she couldn't have acknowledged those as a human, but she was trying to acknowledge them now. And when she came through, I'll say... Finally, as a dead woman, a dead mother, with the art of an apology, you could see that Janice was having a hard time with that, Mm. not knowing how to trust it, not knowing how to accept it, because mom wasn't a trustworthy person as a human. Right. And Denise taps me on the shoulder at this point, and she goes, okay, you can tell her about the navy blue or the um, royal blue that I'm wearing. And I went, oh... Uh, she's, she says to tell you that she's wearing royal blue. I said, I think it's a blazer, but I could be wrong. It's high. And she went, oh my God. It was the one piece of clothing that she took from her mom. It was, an, it was a royal blue sweater. And she takes it out and wears it whenever she needs to feel comforted, whenever Aww. she feels scared or upset, uncomfortable. And so in the moment that she expressed actual discomfort where she, you could see it was very different than when she processed all the other messages of discomfort. This one pushed her a little past her ability to, to feel like I can do this. And that's exactly when mom went, okay, bring in the Royal blue. This will be the one that just lets her be okay. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. So here we are still comforted by them. Mm -hmm. 
and how and, and you're illustrating how hard they work at it mm-hmm. with with the right timing, with the right message, with the right language, all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's end the show on that one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your your brainstorming of this this idea. Mm-hmm. I think that there could be um, other ones that are done in this very same way with the short, quick stories to illustrate the reasons why this is beneficial. I don't disagree with you, but I did catch myself hearing some of your stories today and as a listener thinking, damn it, I wish that was a whole show. I'd like to know the backstory. And and I know I can't possibly be the only one. I don't (laughs) think that's an ego thing at this point. Um, But yeah, like sometimes it's nice to do the quick little quips and then it's nice to do the full, the full length story. But I just, I had a lot of fun today. Me too. Cool. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful Saturday. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at No matter where you've tuned in from, thank you for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe and join us next Saturday for a brand new show.